Now is the time to get rich. There's an opportunity in the stock market that nobody is talking about it. We're about to reveal it to you. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is your place for all things stocks and crypto. From beginner tips to expert picks, use this as fuel for your investing journey. Because when you're in the know, your money will grow. This episode of the Beam Pod is sponsored by KyberSwap. KyberSwap is a DEX and DEX aggregator, which is built to facilitate all your DeFi needs in one single platform. Fast, cheap, and safe. User experience is KyberSwap's sole focus to make everyone's life better in DeFi. Views expressed by speakers on the Bean Pod are solely their opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed on the Bean Pod as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a specific strategy, but only as an expression of their opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is Shane, aka the Jolly Green Investor. And this is Josh, the Nifty Investor. Today, we're going to be revealing a secret strategy in the stock market that literally no one is talking about, but could print millionaires in the years moving forward. Everybody's focused on inflation, high interest rates, but there is a sector or an area of the stock market that is being heavily slept on right now, and we're going to reveal it to you today. So make sure you hit that like button and watch the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you think about stocks, you know, all right. You bring up stock, the stock market in a conversation with anyone. Everyone start, starts talking about Apple, Amazon, Tesla, the NASDAQ, the Dow Jones, you know, the U.S. stock market, which is fair enough. It's the dominant economy in the world and has been for decades. But, and we always talk about this, even in crypto. You want to look where people aren't looking. Yeah. If people aren't talking about something, that's where you want to look because if, if, if it's all in the news and it's in the headlines, unfortunately, you're usually too late, right? Look at Apple stock. Look at Google you know, the top seven tech stocks that have been really carrying the S&P this year, the NASDAQ, and they're all up at all-time highs. Do you want to buy those stocks mm. now as we enter economic uncertainty? Higher interest rates, how long are those going to last for? How long is inflation going to be sky high for? So there's an opportunity out there right now where we can be looking where there's a 35% discount and it's only ever happened, I believe, once before. The last time this has actually happened was uh, in the late 90s. Right. So we are very lucky to actually have this opportunity present itself again. For sure. I mean, so you have to, again, read between the lines, see what the experts that maybe don't make it onto the front lines of Bloomberg and CNN are saying. And what they're saying right now, and we've actually had some discussions with, with people that we know, they're saying, look outside of America for the best opportunity in the stock market. And that just... It just makes sense right now because, you know, we don't have to go into a deep discussion about why the empire of America may be on the downfall. You know, the signs are everywhere, economic decline, society decline, culture, all this kind of stuff. So if you're going to start to see maybe some of the money and the economic power in the world shift to other areas of the world, maybe we need to be looking at stocks and markets that are not leading the world, but are emerging Right. Absolutely. So this is this is a really good segue. I was having um having a chat with this lady. She's uh, an economist for the U.S. She's been doing it for ten plus years. I hope she, hope she's watching. She actually subscribed to the show. Okay, perfect. Um, <laughs> and so she's been doing, doing this for ages. And I kind of already had these thoughts, but it was nice to hear somebody who's been doing this for so long. And what she's saying is that people are leaving. Businesses are leaving China. They're exiting at mat like mass exodus out of that country right now. And her brother is working over there 
and he his job is to kind of help them get into other countries and kind of build these business, businesses. So what we're seeing in China right now is a massive economic slowdown. And that is going to have a absolutely huge effect on the global supply chain. You know, think about all these manufacturing uh, facilities. You know, Apple, for example. Mm-hmm. That is where they primarily developed and manufactured their iPhones. Cheap labor, right? Super cheap labor, big big manufacturing facilities. But now, due to, A, geopolitical tensions, uh, China's population, they're having a, a really... Um, a problem with their population right now yep. all these other things these businesses are now moving elsewhere and moving to different areas of the world so we're going to start looking at emerging markets yeah so basically what we're trying to do is find out where the money if the money's gonna be flowing kind of out of usa and china where is it flowing so it's flowing into these emerging markets so today we're going to talk about a few emerging markets and if you look at these countries, you know, obviously they're emerging markets. So there, there may be, there may be some, some issues, younger populations, lower valued assets, all this kind of stuff, but that presents potentially opportunities. Obviously none of this is financial advice. This is just our opinion. But when you look at why emerging markets are attractive compared to mature and dominant, you know, first world countries, developed countries, it's that their best economic growth may be ahead of them. Exactly. So companies and therefore the assets that companies own and produce are significantly undervalued. Mm. Um, a lot of the populations in the countries are rapidly expanding and they're young populations, which means they have a lot of growth and earning power in the future rather than behind them where you have these older populations like in Western Europe and North America, right? Um, there's also all kinds of other factors. So if you look at some of the emerging markets that we will reveal, so make sure you watch to the end of the episode, the currency in these countries might be a little bit unstable. It might be undervalued. And if they do get their act together, the currency will appreciate, which will in turn appreciate the value of all the companies, stocks, ETF, all the assets with it, right? So there's a lot of things. Obviously, it's riskier, but we're looking for opportunities here. We're not looking to buy the top of the American economy. And this is what all the smart people are doing. They are piecing things together. And that's the reason why Apple has moved a lot of their production to India. That's why Tesla has halted expanding their gigafactories in China, and they're now doing it in Mexico. They actually just made a $5 billion investment to grow their factories in Mexico. And that's because unemployment, youth unemployment in in China is sky high. They have a population slowdown. And if that population begins to slow down, that's a huge, huge, huge problem over there. Mm -hmm. And then you have the real estate crisis. So... What, what we saw in August, capital outflows were $49 billion, $49 billion in August alone wow. out of China. They're heading to Latin America. They're heading to uh, India. They're heading to Dubai. They're heading to all these other places in the world. So we want to look into companies that are going to be doing well because of this. Yeah, for sure. So let's, let's quickly run through the top emerging markets or like geopolitical regions that we think are going to be the beneficiary of these uh, outflows, then we'll go into the ETFs and the stocks. So as you already mentioned, India, I think India comes up as one of the number one emerging markets on almost any list you read. If you think about it, India is going to be the most populous country by a mile within the next, I think they almost nearly are. Uh, India is growing super, super quickly. And as you said, because China is no longer in favor with a lot of countries, things are moving to India. Uh, Then we have, as you mentioned, Latin America, and in particular, Brazil. Brazil is the dominant country in Latin America, both population, economic-wise. They're the center of Latin America, um, but there are companies that operate all across Latin America and a few gems, which we will reveal later. You can kind of group Mexico in with with Latin America, even they may not like that, but Mexico is an interesting one as well. 
And then, as you mentioned, you had Dubai and then also Africa, mm. uh, South Africa and uh, Nigeria. Are, Nigeria in particular is a very, very fast growing company. And there's a lot of economic opportunity in these countries. And if you look at the countries, or sorry, the companies in the countries, they're trading at tiny little valuations. So, you know, obviously risky plays here, but these are some interesting companies we're about to reveal. I think that's why a lot of Web3 um, <coughs> tech companies have been kind of working a lot. Like I know Cardano has been doing a lot of work in Africa. Uh, Cello has been over that way. Right. And then you have, um, you know, a few others working. Uh, Algorand in India, they've been setting up things over there. So I think there's a, a reason why. Like even these Web3 companies are seeing the writing on the wall. What I saw with India is in 2022, the GDP grew 8.7%. It's the fastest in any major economy. Right. And Apple moved their <coughs> manufacturing to India. And it's, what they're doing is they're incentivizing for tax breaks. So it's actually going to benefit a lot of these companies over there. Um, they're going to be able to save on taxes. It's like, look, we want your business. Let's grow it. So true. we're going to help you out for a while. Yeah, interesting. So when you look into the actual, you know, it's all right. If, if you've, we've sold you on the emerging market stock opportunity, it's like, okay, how do, how do people get involved? How, what are the opportunities? So obviously with every country, you're going to find an ETF that is geared towards the companies and assets in that country. So for India, for example, there's an ETF that I've had on my watch list for ages. And it honestly... I should have got into it a long time ago because it's performed so well compared to especially a lot of the American-based ETFs recently. Uh, the ETF is Indy, I-N-D-Y, iShares India ETF. Um, so basically, you know, an ETF, if you're not familiar with it, it will just have probably between 50 and 100 different companies in India, mostly large caps, maybe a few mid caps, probably not many small caps, but it'll diversify between, you know, the tech industry, the energy industry, healthcare, retail, all that kind of stuff. So if you want to start with with an interesting ETF, it would be iShares India ETF. They also have the BlackRock one, XEM as well. You know, and it's fun. You can actually go into their, their portfolio holdings and figure out, okay, what where are they most weighted? Are they most weighted into agriculture? Right. Are they most weighted into, you know, fintech companies and kind of see, then you can find some of the companies from these ETFs that you can do your additional research on. Uh, another one I was looking at was um, ICICI Bank. So it's an Indian multinational bank. Uh, trades on a ticker IBN. The reason I'm looking at that is there's all the banking issues over, that we're seeing over here. For example, um, San Francisco. All those tech giants kind of shutting down shop. People not working there anymore. There was no money going to these banks. They're defaulting. You know, there's no capital inflow. Right. So if businesses are going to be moving to India then maybe looking at some of the banks over there would be a good idea because they're going to start to see an inflow of capital. So IBN really caught my eye. Yeah, interesting. So obviously with emerging markets and stocks, there is an inherent risk because the economies are less developed and maybe there's some social, political tension, whatever. But I think uh, a good strategy to mitigate some of that risk is to just find like the powerhouse companies that have been around for a century of course, in these countries. And it's like, okay, well... 90% of the country companies might go to shit, but these guys have been around forever. So it's maybe, you know, quote unquote, less risky. Mm. Uh, so one company in India is called Reliance Industries Limited. Uh, the ticker is Reliance. Um, so these guys, they deal with petrochemicals, refining oil, natural gas, and telecommunications. So they're just like, you know, multi-billion dollar giant. The chart is just up only. But not to say it's up only like it's at like, you know, an Apple or an NVIDIA at these crazy all-time highs. It's just steady climb, steady climb. It's a powerhouse in India. And if India does eventually become one of the world's top economic players, a company like Reliance Industries is probably going to become a lot more popular. So that's that's an interesting one to look at as well. Another one I was looking at was uh, Vale, the 
mega miner yep. in Brazil. Uh, I think, you know, they, they mine for rare minerals and, and that we need for electric vehicles. You know, right now Russia's cutting oil exports. So it's like, we need to continue to find renewable energy sources. You can't rely on exports from Russia, et cetera. Right. So they mine for iron, nickel, and gold, cobalt, silver, other metals. And I could see that playing a uh, really important role when it comes to getting these manufacturing facilities up to speed in these different countries. Right. So I could see some mining stocks like Avail, which is an established company, yep. uh, performing quite well as well. Yeah, interesting. So for me, for Brazil, obviously there is the iShares Brazil ETF, which the ticker is EWZ. Um, but there's two companies in Brazil that caught my eye, kind of going back to what you were talking about with the financial sector. I feel like if Brazil is really to emerge, like many people say it could, um, one of the largest banks in Brazil is called Banco Bradesco. The ticker is BBD. I feel like, you know, again, we're going into an economy in a country that is riskier than you're used to with North America and Europe. So by getting one of the more established banks, it's quote unquote less risky. Um, another another interesting play in Brazil and also South and Latin America is a, a company that I actually I previously invested in years ago back when stocks were you know more bullish. Um, it's the Amazon of South America. It's called Mercado Libre. The ticker is M E L I. It's you know the Amazon of South America, e-commerce giant. When Amazon and all those e-commerce stocks went on a massive rampage in COVID, mm. Meli Mercado Libre went on yeah. a huge run. It's significantly it's you know it's come down a lot. From here, but if you think that South America and Latin America, Brazil are going to become this more prolific economic region, then the Amazon of that region will probably perform well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. You know, these emerging market areas are the central banks were really quick to respond uh, when this inflationary shock came into play. You know, they had a little bit less red tape and all these things that go on with Congress and all this stuff, right? Um, so they actually put rate hikes into place a lot, a lot earlier than the U.S. did, than Canada did. They actually did at the beginning of 2021, and they've continued hiking them all the way up until early 2023. But that's actually brought their core inflation down significantly. So what's great for these companies is now they're going to be operating in an area with lower inflation. It's going to be a lot cheaper to get the goods and service, uh, services that they actually need Interesting. to get stuff out the door. So it's, again, good for the bottom line. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so now moving into uh, Mexico, which is another emerging market that I like. Uh, obviously, there is the iShares Mexico ETF. EWW is a ticker. When you do, when I was doing research on, you know, again, the powerhouse leader companies in Mexico. Obviously, Mexico is, as you know, we live in North America. We know a lot of food is imported from North America, or sorry, from Mexico into the States, into Canada, over to Europe, whatever. But there's a company called Grupo Bimbo. The ticker is Bimboa. This is a gigantic Mexican multinational food company with a presence in over 33 countries in five different continents. Annual sales of $15 billion. They've been around for 80 years. Mm. This is a stock that you can buy, right? Um, so this is a massive powerhouse. If, again, if an, an emerging market like Mexico starts to become more popular and these goods that they're exporting only have more trust and they're going to more countries and maybe the Mexican peso increases in value, then a company, a global powerhouse like Grupo Bimbo, this is an emerging market stock that could be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would also notice that Dubai ranked third in emerging markets, the UAE. So this is a little bit more of a riskier play, but I thought it'd be interesting to highlight companies that might still operate in China, but are acquiring stakes in other countries. So there's a company called Signjoy, and they have a small market cap, but they've acquired... So 
Dubai is focusing on uh, a metaverse strategy, right? And basically, what Dubai is trying to do is they have this this new metaverse strategy. The government released it, and they can see fifty five billion dollars being brought into their economies by twenty thirty five by focusing on the metaverse. Like they're talking about not even doing G- GDP anymore. They want to do like meta GDP. Wow, forward looking. Very forward looking, and they see it as a huge opportunity. As do we when we're talking about other verse and whatnot, and how web pages are going to start to be different, right? Things are moving pretty quick with technology and sure. AI and all that. But they just acquired a thirty percent stake in one company, and then ninety percent stake in another company that both deal with the metaverse. This thing has been up only all year, so yeah. it's not one of those companies <clears throat> that you're talking about where it's like the chart is only up. Yeah, yeah. This is a smaller cap, one hundred fifty mil, but it's right. been up only all year. It's I think it's up like one hundred percent. So. Just interestingly, if you could look for companies that are acquiring stakes in other companies that already exist in these countries. Yeah, yeah for sure. Especially, again, at the start of the episode, we talked about how we like to look at things. If, if everyone thinks it's dead and no one's talking about it, that's generally when you should start to look at something. And that's the metaverse right now. Everyone's like, oh, metaverse is never going to come back. What a hype. What a fad. That's generally when you should start digging into it because you know it will come back. Yeah. And it's like, are you going to buy the top of all the metaverse stocks and cryptos again? Or are you going to... Buy it when no one's talking about it, right? Why so, is Dubai pumping billions of dollars into it now? Exactly. Yeah, that's an interesting play. Got to be forward thinking. Uh, for me, so moving into the emerging market zone of Africa. Um, it, again, it's... Jumia? Yeah. Yes. I have to mention it. <laughs> Fuck one, yeah. One of our old favorites. You know, we, we started talking about stocks uh, on social media years ago, and this was kind of one of our darlings. Um, it's called Jumia. The ticker is JMI. This is much like Mercado Libre is the Amazon of South America. I like it. Jumia is the e-commerce giant. It's it started in Nigeria. Uh, it's now in, I think, about 14 different African countries. Uh, it's one of the top e-commerce giants of Africa. They've also started to make some roads into financial uh, services. So some th- certain things like Afterpay and Square. Yeah. Jumia has their own offerings of that. So digital payments, um, buy now, pay later, those kind of things. The stock is trading at, an, you know, it's down in the motherfucking dumps right now. It's at like, you know, a dollar, two dollars. But remember back in the day, it went from like a dollar to like $56. Very, you know, back when, you know, there's a little bit more liquidity in the market. But um, in terms of an emerging market stock for Africa. Hell yeah. Jumia like has to it. be on the list, man. It's, like it. it's, a, it's a classic. Yeah, it's a classic. Well, look, emerging markets are trading at a 35% discount to the S&P right now. Uh, like I said, I, I don't think this opportunity has pre- presented itself since the late 90s and the fact that this is the S&P is now riding almost at an all-time high emerging markets are trading relatively low we can see the writings on the wall we have companies leaving China some of the where we see the manufacturing moving around to Latin America this is the time you want to be lucky into this it might take a couple of years to pan out because you don't just move a factory and then boom it's ready. oh yeah like you have to find employees. You have to build it out. Like you have to get the marketing. Like there's all these things that have to happen. It might take two, three years. Again, if you're a forward thinker, if you like to play the long game, this is an opportunity at this moment in time. Yeah, like let's be straight. These are riskier than normal plays and they're also long-term plays. The power shift in the global economy doesn't even happen in a couple of years. It could be a five, 10-year play, right? Yeah. But- if you look at growth charts over American stocks over the last 20 years and you want to find something that could do the same thing, not financial advice, these emerging stocks could be interesting to look at for the same reasons why the Western economies grew so much over the past 100 years, right? Exactly. Look, yeah. if there's any more emerging stocks that maybe we missed or other ways that you think that you could play or we could play this trend, then let us know in the comments and then tune into the next episode. Because that one is going to be a banger.